The meat to live is Christ. The meat to die is gain. Every moment in between, there'll be joy and there'll be pain. I can't worry about the future or change a thing about my past. I've got this moment to believe, and I'm gonna make it last. I am filled to be emptied. This is Pastor Michael Rogers from the Jar at 702 H Street Northeast in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. Father, we are about ready to embark on a journey through your word to hear your wisdom. And so, Father, because we know it's you that needs to speak, we pray that you would remove us from this teaching. Let only your truth pass through our lips. If there's anything that you uh, that we say that uh, no matter how funny or witty or smart it sounds, if it's something that's our opinion, if it comes from us, we pray that it's quickly forgotten. But if it's your will, if it rings with your truth, if it drips with your grace, then we pray that it takes root in the heart of every one of us so that we might leave today transformed, changed, made new. We ask this, God, knowing that this is your will and your good and pleasing and perfect understanding of what it means for us to be your church, to gather with you and hear from you. So we know, God, that you want to answer this prayer. Father, we pray that you would help us to see the results of those answers. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 It is Palm Sunday. You believe that? Yes. I, I don't know. It, I guess uh, when it's in March, it really messes with me. But when it's this early in April, it still kind of messes with me a little bit. I was thinking um, as we were preparing for this message, um, we're talking about uh, the... We're talking about the third part of our core values. We've done joy and authenticity. We've done relationship with God. And then last week, family pastor Kerry Nault uh, worked on the, the firm foundation for a relationship with family. And what she did, we, we let her decide how God was speaking to her. But what she did was she actually set us up for the entire series. It wasn't just about families. It was about every relationship and how important it is for us to understand um, how God wants us to relate to each other. And so what a blessing that she was able to do that for us. Uh, but I was thinking this week about Jesus when he was coming in um, on Palm Sunday. And, you know, he's raised Jesus or raised Lazarus from the dead. And the people are excited about what he's doing. And, and he, they don't know it, but he's heading into the last week of his life. And um, as, he, as he comes up and he sees Jerusalem, he just weeps for Jerusalem and realizes what's, what's coming and, and that they are going to be responsible. And uh, yet when he goes down, he goes into the crowd. Imagine the crowd. Like I, I'm thinking of all the people that Jesus touched at some point or another. The, the Samaritan woman couldn't be there because she's a Samaritan and they're in Jerusalem. Uh, but imagine that whole town, what it would like for that whole town to be there and seeing him in that procession. Imagine the 5,000 that he fed if they were part of that. Imagine the apostles and the, the, the disciples that, that have been gathering around Jesus and they have seen all these amazing miracles and they're with him. Imagine the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders and they're all kind of 
hanging around the edges and not, they don't want to be known to be part of it but they want to be finding out what it's all about and how can we stop this and and I thought man that's church And that's church. There are some of us who have seen God do some amazing things. Yes. And there are some of us who are still around the periphery wondering if any of this is true. Right. And everyone in between. And as we look at what it means for us to, to have relationship with each other inside the church, I'm just realizing that um, if we aren't careful, we can forget the value of gathering together what it means for us to actually be present with each other. Um, because for a long time, we as a church have had a, a hard time with understanding the purpose and the mission of church. We, 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 we hear a good sermon and we feel like we've been to church, but a sermon is not church. That's right. Um, we get upset about how often communion might be offered, whether it's too much or too little, but that's not church. Mm-hmm. We... we we wonder if the songs were the right songs, whether they should have been hymns or contemporary worship songs, and we, and we, we fight about that, but that's not church. Mm-hmm. We are the church. Exactly. And when we gather together, we have an opportunity, don't we? Mm-hmm. We have an opportunity to stir each other up for good deeds. We have an opportunity to bless and comfort each other with the comfort that God has comforted us. We have an opportunity to learn from each other and share wisdom with each other, to prophesy together and to teach, but also to learn and to listen. And we forget the value of gathering together and we think that we can somehow find a cheaper, easier, less sacrificial way to be a part of the church. And we miss it. Now, one of the things that we always do here at the JAR as we're preparing you for what God has got to say today is we give you a question to consider, and we're asking you to think quietly and silently. We try to give you about 20 or 30 seconds to do that. And so to prepare your hearts today, what we want you to consider is why do we gather weekly? Just for yourself, think a moment and answer that question. Okay, we're going to be in Galatians today. Mm-hmm. Galatians chapter 6. If you don't have your Bible, go ahead and uh, grab a Bible underneath your table. Yeah. Um, if you don't have your own Bible, feel free to take that with you, and that is our gift from us to you. Yes. We want you to have the Word of God always in your hands and always available. Or pull it up on the Version app. Mm-hmm. If you've got that, the free app on your phone, you can pull that up real quick. We're going to be in the NLT, New Living Translation. Uh, translation. <laughs> yeah, we, we um, use that translation because it's a little easier to understand. Yeah. Um, and, and so we want you to be able to look at it and read it and, and get a sense of what it means on your own. That's and right. so that's why we, that's why we promote that uh, for you to start with, at least. That's right. So Galatians chapter 6. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Oh, I like it. Yeah, Talking was, back today. That might be the best response we've got. I know, I know. All right. All right, we're going to start in verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, and the, the Greek there literally means caught red-handed yeah. or fallen away, caught red-handed and fallen away. When I think of caught red-handed, I think about when I was five years old and I tried to steal a pack of gum 
from the store. I will never forget that. Ooh, my mama lit me up. And she made me, it was a pack of Juicy Fruit Gum, and I wanted it. I remember it was Juicy, juicy Fruit Gum, and my mama said, no, I'm not getting that for you. And I put it in my pocket, and we walked out of the store. And I was five, and I thought I was so smart. So I put the piece in my mouth. <laughs> my mama said, where'd you get that? That's caught red-handed, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. That me, moment right yeah, there. Yeah, made me go yeah. inside and hand the gum back to oh. the clerk and say I was oh. sorry. She did light you up, and she didn't she have to did. touch you. She just oh, lit you up. Yeah, I remember it. It's in there. Mm -hmm. It's strong. That's right. So overcome by some sin or greet caught red-handed or following, you who are godly, and then the Greek, that means in the spirit. Yes. Right? So those of us who have come that are already believers, and we have the spirit within us, right? Says, you who are godly should what? Yell and scream? Yes. Uh, Gently you. and humbly mm -hmm. help that person back into the right path. And be careful. Here's the second part of that. Be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself and i like how the esv puts it the um that translation says keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted share each other each other's burdens or heavy load and in this way obey the law of christ um and i think that let, let's talk about that second verse real quick when it says, and be careful not to fall in the same temptation yourself or keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Now, I don't know about you all, but I have confessed this many times that there are sins in my life that I am still working on. Right? We all have places. And what is sin? Sin is... Missing the mark. Missing the mark, That's right. Right? Missing the mark. And there are times when I, have, I still miss the mark in my life. And there are things that I am still working on. But if I know... That if I have, I have a temptation for alcohol, and my brother and sister calls me up and says, "Hey, I need to you to come get me." If I am not in the right mind, if I am not in the right place, and I go to that person, and they're they're drinking and there's alcohol present, what am I doing to myself? You're setting yourself up, right? And so when Michael and I, and, and when we talk about this in God's recovery, don't put yourself in that place. We're not just saying that to say it. It's right here in the scriptures. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. God is telling you, be careful. Yeah. Be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. But share each other's burdens and in the way obey the law of Christ, right? So there's this balance right we want to lift each other up we want to carry each other's burdens but we don't want those burdens to cause us to stumble as well yeah there are two things that i think of right there uh, the first one is um you've heard if you've ever flown you've heard this on the airplane you put the oxygen mask on yourself first and then you help others because if you don't you start to help each other others first and you run out of oxygen, you're not helpful to anyone, and right. you're now in jeopardy. Right. And, and this is kind of a similar spiritual thing. Make sure you've got your oxygen first. Um, and so that's not being unkind or untoward or ungracious. That's recognizing that God, the last thing God wants is for you to fall too. And so how can I be in that position? 
So like she said in her, uh, in her um, illustration, actually with alcohol, she would have less trouble with it. And when I was still a recovering alcoholic and was still trying to figure that out before God healed me of it, um, the last thing I should do is go to a bar and help a brother who's drunk, right? Because that's especially tempting to me. But I could actually tell my wife, hey, so-and-so called, would you go pick them up? Because I know she doesn't have that issue. And so I just those are the two things that I think of. And then if you walk back a little bit into that passage and it says, um, if another believer is overcome by some sin, that, sin, that idea of sin is like a relapse. It's like back in the old days, we used to call it backsliding. Have you ever heard that? term so it doesn't mean this person has turned away from jesus it means that they're in a position of spiritual jeopardy themselves right and they've probably put themselves there or someone has put them there and they're now in that place and because they are it's time for us to come and they've been caught red-handed either by themselves or by god or by someone else something has happened where they realize i need help and i want to go do that and the two words that the nlt uses is gently and humbly Mm -hmm. That word gently would it'd be better to say meekly. You understand the difference? No. To be meek means to have strength under control. Right. Okay. So if I'm not careful and I'm just gentle, I can be so gentle that I'm not actually, I'm actually almost condoning what well, they've done. Well, you're enabling the person. I'm enabling them to do. Right. right. But if I am meek, that means I am strong in what I understand that God is telling me for that person. But I am doing that under control instead of... Uh, I had an old mentor who say, don't vomit all over them, right? Don't tell them all the terrible things they've done and all the bad things that they have to, um, that they've done in the past and, and you know you shouldn't do this. And I'll be honest with you, as a former addict, that was one of the things that I looked forward to the least was somebody to catch me in it again and then tell me how terrible I am like I didn't already know. So strength under, under, uh, uh, under control means that I don't waver on the truth, but I err on the side of grace. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't compromise the truth, but I err on the side of grace because I'm going to need that grace someday. Mm-hmm. Right? So let's talk about what it means for you to take that. It says in verse 3. Well, wait, wait. What? So what, okay. what we're learning is yes. that we find strength. The reason, one of the reasons we gather weekly is because we find great strength in each other. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because we're there for each other when these kinds of things happen. Right. And we do our best to do it in the right way. That's okay. right. Verse okay, three. so verse 3 it says, so we've talked about when you go to help somebody, right? Now let's talk about when you need the help. <laughs> Ooh. Right? So verse 3 says, if you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. And what's Paul say? <laughs> you're not that important. <laughs> and he's not saying you're not important. <laughs> right. What he's saying is you're not so important that you can't help someone else. Exactly. Right, okay. right. Exactly. And let's, I, I was, as we were studying, I found Psalm 141.5. And I'm just going to read it to you guys. It says, let the godly strike me. It will be kindness. But I love this What it says. If they correct me, it is soothing medicine. Soothing medicine, don't let me refuse it. But I pray constantly against the wicked and their deeds, right? So when we get correction from our brothers and sisters in a meekly or kind or gentle way, sometimes it can hurt a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? But, but I think of when you put, like, um, neosporin or peroxide on a cut, mm-hmm. right? It's going to burn for a little bit. Yeah. 
but it's gonna it's gonna eventually the pain's gonna go away. Right. It's gonna clean right. it out so that the pain doesn't grow and the infection doesn't set in. Right. Right. So That's remember good. that it's, it's good, yeah, if if they correct me, it is a soothing medicine. It's and in verse four it says, Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own <coughs> conduct and you want to talk about the ship freighter yeah it, so it, it, it's hard to catch in the nlt what they're trying to do is help you to understand the concept and so they use words that help you understand the concept but if you actually look into the greek what you find is is that first it says in verse two share each other's burdens mm -hmm. and that word in the greek means like a, a really heavily packed suitcase mm -hmm. okay share each other's burdens but then in verse 5 it says for we are each we, we are each supposed to bear our own burdens mm -hmm. okay but that word in the greek means like a ship freighter full of cargo you see the difference it's kind of like when jesus says uh be careful don't you not judge us you be judged be careful don't don't look at someone else and tell them about the speck in their eye when you have a log in your own yeah. eye Right. The idea is that I, I, I want to go help them, but I want to go help them in such a way that my intention is to reconcile them to God, not to cast aspersions upon them and make them feel like they are never going to be uh, forgiven by God for what they've done. The heaviest judgment I should reserve for myself, I have to, should recognize that I am responsible for my decisions. I am not responsible for anyone else's decisions. Right. There's, there's no one else out there that I've got to say, I've got to be responsible for that. I struggle with this in the, in the ministry. This is really hard. In the ministry, this is really hard because you feel responsible for everybody yes. God's given to you. Whether it's actually from a pulpit or it's in another uh, facility or uh, it's, it's hard not to take personally when somebody makes a wrong decision because you, you are responsible for helping them to see the truth. Um, but I can't make you do anything right. and God has given you as much free will as he's given me mm -hmm. and so my job is not to be God to you my job is to be brother to you mm -hmm. and if I'm able to be brother to you then when I go to you I realize that that if I'm pointing a finger at you I got three pointing back at me exactly. and and I have to keep myself and understand myself and where I land in that and that if if I'm worried about their suitcase I got a whole ship freighter that I should be worrying about. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. okay. And remember, too, that sometimes, a brother and sister, you don't have to have the right words to say. Sometimes it's just being present and mm -hmm. listening. <coughs> An ear means so much to people. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, people just want to be heard. They want to be heard. They want to be validated. And they want to know that they matter. Yes to you, to others, and to God. Mm. And so sometimes it's not getting the right words at the right moment. And sometimes they may come to you and you know there's a sin that's causing that, they're missing the mark, but maybe God's telling you, wait a minute, mm -hmm. wait a minute, they've gotta figure it out, Ouch. right? Ouch. So that's where the Holy Spirit comes in, right? The Holy Spirit tells you, okay, you should say this or you should not say this. Mm -hmm. Right? And here's the thing. Let's say you make a mistake and you do say it, and it probably wasn't meant to be said. God already knew that already. Mm -hmm. He'll fix it. Yeah. Boy. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's something I know with being in the helping profession yeah. as a social worker, as well as a pastor, like, yeah. like Michael said, it's hard sometimes when I see people that are doing things that I know is going to hurt them. It's like watching a, a train wreck in slow motion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I also know there are times when the spirit tells me to be silent, be quiet, girl. I've got things I want to show them. It's not going to come from your mouth. It's going to come from mine in a different way. So just using that discernment and learning what that is. So I just want to just add to what you were saying yeah, about we good. don't browbeat people, right? We're meek, which is strength. Under control. Under control. And part of that control is knowing when to speak and when not to. Mm-hmm. When you are carrying each other's burdens. And that's what it means to be together so what that means is for us to to have kind of an image in our heads is that 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 person is in a spiritual storm right now and what i have to recognize is that i have my own storm right my job is not to sink them in the storm my job is to find a way to be a shelter for them in the storm and when I'm a shelter for them in the storm, they can also be the same for me. Mm-hmm. So we gather together weekly because we find great strength in each other, but we also gather weekly so that we can have shelter from the storms. Oh, Praise listen to that. Now that. That's perfect. That's, that's too thank beautiful. You, yeah, thank you, Lord. <laughs> perfect thunder. Thank All you. right. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, 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 do you mind if I take this one? Okay. Uh, verse 6 says this, Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. And again, the NLT is trying to help you to understand the concept. And the, and the concept is, it is true that this, this verse means that if you have someone who is pouring into your life and is teaching God's wisdom to you, then as a body... You should be taking care of them and giving them all good things. But I believe this is above and beyond just any kind of material provision you could make for your, for your pastor. What I think this really has to do with is the fact that you have a ministry just as much as we do. That's right. And we are believers just as much as we are pastors. That's and right. so we need you to speak into our lives too. And too often, everybody's afraid to tell the pastor he's messing up until it's so bad that they have to fire him. They are, they are so worried about offending her as a pastor that they don't tell her where she's messing up until they have to let her go. But your, your job is to also share all good things with us. If you see us making mistakes, please, please, please come to us and let us know. Because it's our desire to be an example for you. But we recognize we're a poor example of Christ in the long run. So we're playing this great game of follow the leader where Jesus is in the front (laughs) and we're supposed to do everything he's doing and we're doing our best and the people behind us are a little bit less and a little bit less. The only difference in this game is that the line shuffles. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's some part of your life that you're getting better, getting better at than your pastor is. And your pastor needs you to speak into his or her life so that they can also grow. And that's, that's just beautiful. Yeah. I like it that, uh, When you're a believer, it's not a straight line. It's a wiggly line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen our line? Our line is all kinds of wiggly. Yeah, y'all can't even make a circle when we That's ask right. you to make a circle. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone a straight line. Oh okay, goodness. anyways. Oh so we goodness. share, right? Next slide. We share. Yes. We share the, the ministry, ministry with, with each, each other. other. This is not something right. we're doing a ministry and you're a part of the ministry. No. Right. 
We are the ministry, all of us together. That's right. And that, that increases the reach that we have also to enlarge the kingdom. That's right. So then Paul then from that, remember what we just said, leads into then verse 7, right? Now we're going to talk about what we as a ministry do together, what mm -hmm. we do as a right. church, what a ministry. Mm -hmm. So That's he's good. leading us up to this, and he says, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Mm. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit Ooh, I like that. Yeah, will harvest everlasting life <laughs> from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we, if we don't, don't give, give up. up. Yes. Therefore, when we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. But listen. Especially to those in the family of faith. And that's you all. That's us sitting in this room. The family of God. If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and you are a believer and you, you are part of the family of God. And so we are supposed to do good for one another right do good for one another and what and i i love if um go ahead and put up first corinthians chapter three um you guys you can turn to it if you want to i'm just going to read it we're just going to briefly go over yeah. it okay it might actually help you to just write down the reference and just listen to her say it right now yeah so it says so we've just told you right we are ministering together right we are together and so 1 Corinthians says, it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. Yeah. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers, and you, my friends, are God's field. You are God's building. Right? So you're the workers and you're the field. Which means that we also should be planting seeds in you and you should be planting seeds in us. It's not just about. Now, this is a struggle that we've had is, is there are what, what are called seeker-driven seeker churches and disciple-driven churches. But the truth is we should be mission-driven churches. Amen. And a big part of that is that we take enough care of each other that all of us are healthy enough to go out there and help the ones that are drowning. Right? Right. So if I plant corn in the field and I put corn seeds in the ground and pumpkins come up, something went wrong. That's weird. <laughs> right? It goes against natural law. And the same principle in this passage is talking to us. Mm -hmm. If we plant seeds of gossip, oh, if we plant seeds of hate and she went there mm. if we plant seeds of anger mm -hmm. to the point of bringing someone down yes right what does that mean that means that corn you put in there may come up a pumpkin <laughs> well right? it's going to come up corn it's going to come up corn but it's going to be gossip and anger and hate and all of the dead. things that we don't want right all the things we don't want but if we plant seeds mm -hmm. of meekness, mm -hmm. of gentleness, yes. right? Of God's love for us and the things that we've just been talking about. And we work together, right? The best that we can, right? Listen, 
church is messy. You'll hear Michael <laughs> and I say that all the time. We're people. People, we need Jesus for a reason, y'all. People are messy, yes. right? And when we come together, you know there's going to be mess. Mm -hmm. But Jesus is telling us what? He's telling us, yes, there's going to be a mess. Planting, you can get dirty. Get down yes. in the dirt, dirt in the, the mud, right? It's going to get dirty. You're going to come home yeah. with dirt and mud on your pants. You'll be pulling out stones. You're liable to lose a fingernail. There's, right. It's going to be it's going to be rough. But if you plant that corn with love and with the right type of corn and the right whatever you need to do, guess what's going to come up? Corn. Sweet, sweet corn. Yes, Miss yeah. Jamie. Good. Sweet, you, sweet corn. Yes. Watch, watch what I do here. Look, so we're, we're going to make all of the, the bad things that could come up like gossip and hate. All that's going to be vegetables. The good stuff's going to be fruit. Okay. All right, so we my plant, mama would agree with you on that one. She we, doesn't do vegetables. If we, if we plant fruit, <laughs> so if we plant vegetables, we're not going to get fruit. We have to plant for the fruit, right? Mm -hmm. And the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy yeah, and peace, peace. patience, kindness, kindness, goodness, <laughs> faithfulness, and self-control. Right. And that is what we want to come up out of us for you. And we want, what we want to come up out of you for us. Right. So ask yourself, what kind of seeds are you planting in others? Mm. Fruits or vegetables? Although I like my veggies, y'all. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay. Another passage I wanted to show you real quick that, that talks about how we can achieve, achieve great things together is 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Okay, there we go. Yep, verses 6 through 15. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all that you need. And then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. And here at the jar, that's what we are trying to do. Mm, yeah, yeah. We are trying to plant good seeds, right? Yes, there are times when we are helping each other and carrying each other's burdens, right? And that's part of it. But the other part is making sure that the, 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 the seeds that we're planting in each other are good seeds. Right. Um, and what does God say? He says, when that happens, you're going to harvest a huge crop. Yeah. It's going to be amazing and awesome. And you'll have even more to then in turn give back. And yeah. you cannot outgive God, y'all. Yeah. You just can't. That's the truth. You can't. That's the truth. So that means that we, we can, let's see, I'm going the wrong way. We can achieve great things together. If, if we are all <coughs> planting the same seeds. And we get that sense that we're all in this together. We're all being asked to be a part of this. And we begin to go to get healthy and grow together. Then as we go out there, we'll be able to achieve great things because we will be supporting each other and won't even know it. And I'm a firm believer that God, God orchestrates divine appointments for every one of us. And eventually, there's going to come a time when somebody's going to come in and say that there was this lady they were talking to. Her name was Jamie, and she just, you know, she just touched my heart. And I thought, that's really great, but I don't know if that's really real. And then this girl, woman named Jenna came and talked to me, and I was like, oh, my goodness, she's saying the same thing Jamie did. Maybe I need to check this out. And then this, this guy named Mike stopped by. 
And I, and I, I think that eventually those kinds of things start happening because they can't get away from us. There's so many of us, and so, so many of us that are sowing the same seeds that they keep running into the same fruits. I mean fruit. <laughs> you see what I did there? Yeah, I see what okay. you did. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So that's the first thing. But, but also it says to make sure that we are, t- we are doing good to everyone, especially to the household of God. And that's that airplane thing again. It's putting the oxygen on our church before we go out into the world. So that we know that we are healthy enough and ready enough and, um, and, and prepared enough to go out to them. So we can not only achieve great things, but we can also help each other rise above the waves. As we um, handle our own storms in life, and we're figuring all of that out, then we also have an opportunity to recognize that as we stabilize and we're able to weather the storms, the people whose ships sank are all around us. And he's going to start asking us to start pulling people into the ship. And we can rise above the waves and start looking for those who are still struggling and still drowning and start bringing them in. I love in the video, the boat, mm-hmm. you know, that takes the little thing and piece and then puts all the pieces together to make a boat. And then they're all riding the waves together. That's my favorite part of the video, right? Because the more we plant and the more people come to Christ, the bigger and bigger that boat gets. Amen. Right? And how awesome is that? Right. You know, it's just a really cool, cool picture to see. Um, so I know we're, we're mixing two analogies here, and they don't have anything to do with each other. But there's, there's a reason for that. Because we want you to know that we recognize that some of you are in storms, and we need to help you out of those storms. Mm-hmm. And when you're in a storm, you don't even realize it, but how you handle the storm is going to be as much planting seeds yes. as anything else. Absolutely. And how you are helped in that is going to plant seeds as much as anything else. Mm-hmm. And so help, let us have the opportunity to help you through your storm. Because when that happens, it's not like we then go around and I say, man, that, that Carrie, boy, she was, she was really struggling. She's got a lot of problems, but we helped her. You know, People are just going to see and hear that she had a support system that helped her through that process. And when that happens, oh my goodness. They start thinking, man, I want some of that. I would like to have a place that I can go where I can have that too. And that's the kind of environment we want to build here at the JAR. So, so it is true that we're about weathering storms. But if that's all we were about, we wouldn't be a whole lot different than a lot of other churches. What we need to recognize is that our real job, honestly, is not to weather the storm until Jesus comes. Our real job is to enlarge the kingdom. Man. So don't just be a sailor on a, on a stormy sea. Be a farmer. Amen. Be a farmer. Now, we learned some things about being a farmer, didn't we? Yeah. Because we were in farm country. We did. So go yeah. ahead and put the... There we go. That's an actual picture in Indiana, where we came wow. from. That's our home. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indiana has one of the largest productions of soybean and corn. I always tell people now that we're in Oklahoma, we went from corn to cows. Y'all got way more cows than we did up there. We did have cows up there, but not the same kind of cows. Mm -hmm. They were not the same. They were dairy cows. Mm -hmm. But anyways, um, agriculture, this was interesting as we were studying farming. Agriculture is the single largest employer in the world. Wow. Across the earth. It is the number one employer. So I find it interesting that Jesus talks about planting and sowing seeds. 
And a lot of times we think about, oh, well, he just picked that because of the people that he was talking to and the culture and the context, and that's right? True. And that they could understand. And there's truth in that. But when I saw that, I thought, oh, man, he's so much smarter than we are. You know, he talks about agriculture because it reaches so many people. It is the number one employer in the world. And here's the thing. I love this. Ben Potter said, at the very heart of agriculture is the drive to feed the world. So when you talk to farmers, like in Indiana, and you ask them, what drives you to do the things you do? Because here's the thing. The picture that I showed you, I tried really hard to find a picture that I took several years ago when we first yeah. moved up to Burlington yeah. in that area. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but when they go, when it's time for harvest season or planting season, anyone that was coming to our church at Faith that was a farmer, we lost them for two months. Yeah. Because they were in the combine or the truck or the tractor 24-7 during planting and harvest season. You would be driving home at like midnight, midnight yeah. yeah, from like let's say West Lafayette where Purdue University is. And you'd start getting out into the farmland area. And you would see lights out in the, out in the distance. Out in the field. Way out in the field. You'd see these huge, bright, like, softball, baseball lights. And what it is is it's lights that they attach to the tractors the, the and, the, and the trucks and the combines mm -hmm. so that they can see what they're doing because they work round the clock. Right. Because it's thousands and thousands of acres that they are having to get in before the frost hit. They will go round the clock planting or harvesting either one because they want to get there before the frost hits or before it gets too hot. So there is a sweet spot in there yeah. that they can plant and there's a sweet spot in there where they can harvest twice a year. And if they don't hit that, they lose thousands and thousands of dollars. Okay. So now when I go back to what Ben Porter said, it says at the very heart of agriculture is the drive to feed the world. When you ask a farmer and a farmer's wife, because let me tell you, a farmer's yeah. wife is hard too. <laughs> I found right. that out. Yeah. I learned that from my farmer wife friends. Okay, uh, why do they do what they do? And that's what drives them. They say because we know what we do is important. We are feeding not only our own country, but other countries as well. Yeah. And that's what drives us to do what we do in the fields twice a year. So imagine if we had the all had the heart of a farmer. When it comes to sharing the gospel, yeah. right? When it comes to telling people there is a God who loves you, mm -hmm. that knows every hair on your head, you are a son and daughter, let me tell you about this Jesus. Yeah. If we had that same drive that a farmer has, right, to feed the world, but we are feeling feeding the world spiritually. That's good stuff, y'all. Yeah, that's right. That's good stuff because... Yes, the farmer's feeding our bellies, but Jesus is filling our souls and our spirits and our hearts. He's filling us spiritually. And boy, that drive, I want to have that. Yeah, and, the, and that. the idea of doing that is for us not to suddenly go, oh, I'm a much better person than I was. I'm healed from all the things that happened in my past. I'm ready to be a, a better version of me. And if we stop there, we've missed the point. God fills you that way so that you can be emptied for someone else. And so that's what we that's what we ask you to do. So we always give you a reflection, something to think about for the not yet's and for the already's. And for the not yet's, those people who might be here who are not sure yet if they believe in Jesus. Uh, here's what we're asking is that you would just be a part of a gathering 
for two months. Go, go and spend six or eight weeks gathering with the same people, get it, getting to know the people. Don't go look, looking for church people. Go looking for people. You don't go to the bar looking for bar people. You don't go to the gym looking for gym people. You don't go to Walmart looking for Walmart people because you don't want to... I'm sorry. That, maybe you want to find them. So you, you, when you go into a place, other than church, you typically are just looking around at the people. Do the same thing. We're asking you, if you're not yet a believer, do the same thing. Go into a church setting where you have a gathering once a week. Give them six or eight weeks. Get to know the people there and see what you find out. See what you learn. And for the already's, it's kind of the question I asked earlier. What kind of seeds are you planting in others? In other, right? in other believers. In other believers. We'll talk about right. the not yet next week. That's right. What are you planting in, in, in each other as, as brothers and sisters in Christ? What seeds are you planting for each other? And um, maybe it's time to relook at that drive. Yeah. Do I have that farmer's heart to plant the gospel um, in others that also to help build up the boat, right? So together we <laughs> yeah, ride the race, yeah, yeah. right? How, what can yeah. we learn together? 